Transparency Talks podcast is brought to you today by the Defiant Ones Teen Magazine, a magazine for teens by teens, which discusses the latest fashion, entertainment, trends, financial literacy, bullying, school, sex trafficking, the health and wellness of teens and young adults, and so much more. Join Teen Brothers founders Christian and DeCorey Robinson and so many other young adults that are defying the odds by subscribing to the online and paperback magazine and listen to Defiant One's Teen podcast on all podcast platforms today. For more information, go to www.defiantonesmag.com. Once again, that's defiantonesmag.com. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Butterbee Rocka. We have an amazing show for you guys today. But before we get started with that, I want you to make sure that you are elevating your mind. Be creative. There's so many things that you can be doing right now. You can also be creative and read a couple of books I got for you. Getting Undressed from Paralysis to Purpose by Mr. David Cooks. It's a great read. Also, my book, Fear of Failure, Fear of not trying, make sure that you go get that. And last but not least, Defiant Ones Teen Magazine. Make sure that you go get this magazine. They have a lot of issues out right now. I think they're currently on their eighth or ninth issue, but make sure you get that. With all of that being said, I am excited to introduce to you guys, Mr. Eric Davis, CEO founder of Save. How you doing today? How you going? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing real good. I'm doing real good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on on the show. So can you give a little background about yourself? Oh, wow. I am a guy of many facets, I guess. I am a founder of Save, as you you said. I've also um, launched a new film company, Legacy Films, uh, out of my company, ED Legacy LLC, which we also produce international children's books. I, um, back in 16, when I was in Africa, I uh, had an inspiration to write children's books. I came back and started writing. I was originally writing books for Discovery Communications, Discovery Ed, but when they sold the uh, division, I launched my own company. And we now have about 32 children's books. Um, Early Bird Books is one of the series, primary series, and Adventures of Lies of Manny. All these wonderful children's books are now being turned into animation. We're looking at doing animated films. We just launched our first feature film this year, uh, Negative Exposure, uh, last year, actually now, it's 2021, uh, but it will be released in the spring. 
Uh, and then I'm also a, a bishop of 17 churches internationally, uh, based here in Columbia, South Carolina, but we have churches in Africa, 11 churches in Africa, Sierra Leone, Togo, and uh, Ghana. And then we also have churches in Mexico, uh, Baltimore, and then in South Carolina. So I kind of wear a lot of hats. I like wearing a lot of hats. I wear a lot of hats too. That means you're a very creative person. Well, you are doing a lot of things. So you have a program or an event that's coming up. It's called SAVE. Can you tell everybody what SAVE is? What does SAVE stand for? And what led you to create it? So I'll, I'll do the last part first. What led okay. me to create it? So as, as I said, we um, have a very um, timely movement. So we kind of pushed the faith-based film genre into a new realm because faith-based films normally deal with relationships or miracles, but they don't only deal with social issues. So we actually uh, produced a film called Negative Exposure that basically deals with a young Caucasian male being accosted by two black police officers, which kind of creates this kind of Christian crash, you know, all these intersecting lives kind of narrative. But in the end, you know, it deals with the issue from a faith perspective. Well, out of that movie, the, the lead character's name was Jason. So the National Black Caucus of State Legislators adopted our movie and actually produced a bill out of the movie. At the end of it had a fictional bill originally called the Jason Resolution, which is an acronym that stands for Justice Your Son. So they picked up the bill and turned it into an actual resolution to be turned into law in 50 states. So as a result of that, we decided to develop a conference for the young adults to teach advocacy because right around that time is when the George Floyd incident happened and all the riots broke out. Now, I, I'm a former activist myself from college. I, you know, led to protests and all kinds of stuff, but they were very strategic. So I'm kind of a student of history. So my challenge was you see all of that energy and fervor and then in the end, there's no resolution. You know, nothing changes because it was misdirected energy. So my thing was, how do we properly direct these kids or these young people where they can channel the energy and then actually have constructive, not destructive change? So that's where the idea for SAVE came from, students advocating vital engagements. So it started out as students against violent engagements. And that is not only interacting with the police, but that's gang war, any kind of violence, domestic violence. Then it morphed into five categories. It has students against violent engagements, students against violating the earth, students advocating um, vitality and exercise, which is the body, students advocating vigorous uh, voting, voting expansion, and the last one is uh, vigorous economics. And that's where guys like Mark Cuban came in because we brought in some tremendous entrepreneurs so we could talk about finances, health, the, the uh, environment, civic uh, or, uh, uh, civic responsibility, and, uh, and violence. So it's it more from there. And now it's become this huge conference with, with, with youth from all over the country. So we're excited about it. Wow. That was a whole mouthful right there. Taking a pause for the calls. This is Xavier Lewis. Busting my tail on a nine to five. Just to keep up, try to stay alive. Promise my lady we gon' be alright She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the jaws of clay Gotta stay searching for a better day Gotta keep my faith to make a way Gotta get extended 
so the gas can pay. Sweet Georgia, hold me down. Keep my feet planted on solid ground. From the New York coast to the Florida shine. Up to the Maryland, D.C. line. Back down south, Red Peach, Brian, Sweet Georgia. From the burden's lay, knuckles broke from mistakes I made. Sweet Georgia, hold me down. Keep my feet planted on solid ground. Tell me why do I have to cry? Tell me why should I you meant by your five pillars of save all of the different ones that you just listed that's yeah. what you meant by that? yeah 
Yeah, Five Pillars. So, so the organization is a huge advocacy organization. We partner now with the TRIO programs nationally, which is like a million kids. FAMU is, is adopting it into their programming, which we know other HBCUs are going to do the same thing. So over the course of the year, if we think about this thing, if we create an advocacy group, the goal is 100,000 young people to start. But in four years, imagine if this advocacy group to group grew to five million kids, which it could easily do. You could turn the course of an election with that, you know, by having a block of young people that large. So the idea is for them to understand their power and, and to harness that power, channel that power. And because we were working with the caucus, they can get a chance to see literally how the Jason resolution by their advocacy can become a law. So instead of you know, throwing Molotov cocktails and, and protesting in the street, you literally can 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 um, influence police reform nationally, right? So I think we have a tremendous opportunity. I do too. I actually really do. So myself, along with my sons, the CEOs of Defiant Ones Team Magazine, have the honor of being a part of your economic empowerment panel with Mark Cuban and Gene Simmons and Miranda Williams. Why was that component so important to address to the youth? Well, economics influenced everything to include politics. I mean, so, and that's one of the things where Dr. King in the civil rights movement was moving his agenda to economics before he was killed because civil rights without economic liberty and freedom essentially is uh, you're almost handcuffed. It takes money in America to move things. So you have to understand money, you have to understand resources, understand power. And the best way to do that is to communicate with people who have had resources, who you can learn the principles. And really the key word would be disciplines. You right. know, there are a lot of disciplines that go with resources that in the African-American community and not just the African-American community, but among youth and the African-American community, we don't have the disciplines and culturally we're taught the opposite of what it takes to create wealth because there's such a focus on riches. One of the things that I liked about Mark Cuban is he was very down to earth in his interview. You, you know, you know when you see it, um, he's very, very frank and very matter of fact, but he's very disciplined. So when you see guys that are multimillionaires and billionaires, one of the things that you will find that is, um, you know, central to all of them is that they have real serious disciplines about how they use the resources. But then you look at the, the entertainment community and how our young people are cultivated, they talk just the opposite. You know, they make it rain, um, you know, $100,000 on a bottle of wine, you know, go out and, you know, blame the jury. And what it does is counterproductive because when you get that mindset in you, it's very hard, you know, it's hard to get it out. You know what I mean? It, it's like leaven, it gets into all kinds of things. So we thought that, that that economic piece was really important because if they're going to be the leaders of the future, they, they cannot be handcuffed in a resource capacity. They have to understand money and resources. Right. We're going to take another pause for the cause. This is my song entitled Promised Land that I created getting ready for a tour over in Africa. Hope you like it.
Let there be peace across the land. We've been given a second chance. United we stand. Destination promised land. some of the sponsors, celebrities, and other community influences that are participating in the SAVE Summit? So from the influencer standpoint, as you mentioned, you know, we have the Gene Simmons, we have the Mark Cubans. Um, we also have um, uh, Meta World Peace. We have the young guy, uh, Keydron Bryant, who I think is becoming real popular now with his, with, with his songs. We have Lynn Whitfield. We have MC Light. Um, on that side, we also have uh, Rakim. We have the young guy from uh, Blackish, Miles. I'm trying to think of Miles' last name. Um, you may know it. Um, so the idea was to try to have a good cross-section of, of individuals that could speak on a range of issues. So we have a number, excuse me, of celebrity influencers, but then we have some um, experts in particular fields as well that may not be as popular but they're well informed because the idea is to is to really create dialogue um the summit is kind of an orientation into the organization so the information that they gather at the summit is actually going to facilitate creating the chapters all over the country so the engagement is going to be really important so we want to make sure we got influencers who would first of all draw people in because they, they're people that individuals want to see and hear um but then by the same token, it needs to spark the dialogue and the other people. So I feel like we've got a good mix. Okay, I do too. So what can people expect from the summit? Information, inspiration, um, and um, vision. I think that ultimately, creatively, we're trying to spark vision in a generation of passionate young people, but sometimes you know, passion without vision or without it being properly channeled can be catastrophic. So what we're hoping to do is to create in this, in this generation of young people, uh, some clear visions, succinct visions about how to reach some 
some destinations and some 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 ends. I mean, let's go back to the George Floyd riots. All right, we're I don't know three four months removed removed from it now. What did it change? What have, what where have we moved the needle? You know, what have we accomplished as a result of it? Okay, so we um we got some of the energy out. We um, burned some things down and we we expressed some things. But in the end, what has really changed? If anything, has divided us even more. So what we're really trying to do now is to, as I use that word again, discipline this group to be be able to 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 channel that energy now and like a laser direct, you know, so that you can cut through some things. So my hope is that we'll have a a, a group of young people who come out of this who are willing to work together creatively and from a vision standpoint to enact real change in those five pillars. And I think that if we begin to see that, it doesn't have to happen all at once. You asked me earlier about um, sponsorship. I, I forgot to mention our corporate sponsors. So one of our big corporate sponsors is Staples. Um, they came online and we're calling these sponsors innovators because they're getting in at the ground level and they're seeing the vision with us. They're seeing that if we bring this body of young people together constructively, we can make real change. So Staples and Coca-Cola and Sherm, my company, uh, Legacy Films, uh, have come together to put resources into this to make this work. So SAVE is building a national coalition of student advocates. How are you recruiting these student participants? Well, that's the thing. So obviously through mediums like this and social media, we're doing it. Um, but one of the partners that we, we brought on is huge because it runs the gambit from middle school to college, which is the national trio program, which actually has a million students. So what we're really trying to do is to tap that base and expand from there. We're on the college campuses. We are doing a marketing campaign that will, will launch you know, this coming week that will begin to draw in students that are, that are not necessarily collegians, but they are engaged in their communities. So we're using every network we use that we can to try to draw those students in, and then word of mouth. I mean, I think the you know the, you know social media, word of mouth, and those platforms need to be used to our advantage. Sometimes they're used to the disadvantage, but hopefully they work to our advantage. And that's pretty much how we're going at it. Absolutely. Taking another pause for the calls. You are tuned in to Transparency Talks podcast. I want to give a shout out to Italy. What up, UK? What up, USA? What up, Canada? What up, China? What up, Africa? Bahamas in the building. This is Jordan Danielle with That Way.
Transparency Talks podcast, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Blaze One Radio, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, and Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa. You can find all of the links at www.butterbyrocka.com. Once again, that's www.butterbyrocka.com. How do you see this organization operating after the summit? So one of the things that we have to do now is we have to establish regional chapters and regional leaders. Um, we have a corporate advisory board that is going to be working alongside of us as we um, generate more revenue, more resources, because it's going to take a lot to run this machine over the long haul. But we need good, sound millennial leaders. So the hunt in this in the quest now is out of this group that engages at the summit is to begin to sift through and find out where those grassroots leaders are and begin to position them regionally with the resources around them, with the with the uh, the directional inputs around them. And by directional inputs, I mean advisory team, corporate sponsors, so that we can begin to build a hub around those leaders because they can do it at a grassroots level, but can you do it at a corporate level? Can you do it at a, at a broader community level? So we can begin to identify them, get them engaged, and then put structure around them. The, the entity will begin to morph pretty quickly around that charisma and that energy and that uh, creativity. Okay. Now, was this event initially going to be um, live or did you have to pivot due to the pandemic? Pandemic, we had to pivot. Uh, and because of the amount of people that were reaching, there will be aspects of it that will be live, but we felt for quality purposes, it was better to pre-record a lot of the content um, because we wanted a certain level of presentation. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, we see that a lot of conferences that are having to be done uh, via streaming and all that type of thing, uh, Skype and all that, uh, are, don't necessarily have a conference feel. We want this to have a conference feel because beyond the summit, summit is the launch of an organization. Right. So when we look back, this will be the initial launch of SAVE. So we thought pre-recorded so we could control some things and get some glitches out of the way, but then open up avenues where there could be interactivity while the summit is uh, is airing. So we're trying to get a hybrid, the best of both worlds. And we feel like we had a meeting about that this week. And I feel like we, we, we got a good handle on it, but it still remains to be seen, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So during this pandemic, I mean, you've done a lot. You've released your first major movie. You've organized a youth movement, you're saved. You continued your STEM program and you provided, provided stimulus relief to several international countries. What is your motivation, your driving force, or your connection between all of this mission trip? I mean, the simple answer is God. I mean, you know, um, God is my source, my supply, and my impetus for everything. But then, you know, the second commandment in, in, in terms of what Christ told us to do is to first love God, but then to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. I think one of the things that we've become in this country is very selfish and very meistic. Um, in terms of our approach to things, whereas we used to be as a community of people who looked out for someone other than ourselves. And when I look out, I'm 52 years old now, 
And, and you know, I look at my life and I've been very blessed um, in many ways. My real passion now is to help other people, you know. So when I travel these 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 uh, international skies and waters and I go to other countries and I see people who are equally as brilliant, you know, and talented as we are, they just haven't had our resources, they haven't had our opportunities. That's what I said, when I was inspired, I'll give you a quick story. What inspired me to write uh, the early bird book series, I was in Sierra Leone right after Ebola, right? It was war-torn, you know, they had the Ebola virus, which makes the coronavirus look like, the, you know, a common cold with a, with a sniffle. I mean, the mortality rate with Ebola, I mean, if you got it, you essentially die. So I'm over there right after all this has decimated the country, families decimated, and I'm spending time with all these orphans, you know, I'm going to all these different locations with these babies. And I see a level of grace that's on these children that I don't see on grown folk in, in the U.S. And I'm, they're hungry, we're feeding them, they've lost family members, but there's a level of grace on these children that humbled me. So I, I flew from Sierra Leone over to Ghana. I hadn't really eaten all week because, you know, just the conditions and all that. And I can relax. I'm in a little villa in Ghana before we start our, our week there. And that night I couldn't get the children off my mind. And I literally laid down, but before I laid down, I prayed. I said, God, give me something that I can do to help these children. I said, whatever it is, I'll contribute 30%, you know, of whatever it is. And I went to lay down and uh, it was 4.30 or so their time, about 12 o'clock our time. And this stupid, crazy rooster starts crowing outside my window in the dark. And I'm like, why is this rooster crowing in the dark, man? And I heard the word, right. So I got up and I started writing about the rooster. And so, so Bert, that's what Bert heard about the rooster. I said that to say, as a result of that, this I feel like I was anointed with this gift to write children's books so I could help children like that. But my point is my impetus, my drive was to help somebody other than myself. So that is the impetus, you know, how many people can I help before I leave this earth, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow, I mean, wow. Okay, so your church, Word of God Church and the Ministry International has an active service mission. Can you tell us about the church, its membership, and its mission? Uh, the base church, the Columbia Church, is about 5,000 members. We started in 2000 with about 30. Um, we're heavily into outreach, you know, community service. We'll be feeding 1,500 families over the next weeks during COVID. Uh, we do, we, we've launched uh, over the years mega super, uh, super thrift stores like Goodwill style so that we could employ ex-addicts, ex-convicts, because one of the challenges that we saw is that when we brought those kind of individuals into a faith community because of their felony charges or whatever they may be, they couldn't get gainful employment, they couldn't get housing. So we have a transitional housing program called HELP, which stands for housing, employment, life skills, and a plan. So we try to help people get back on their feet. Um, so it's just this just tremendous uh, ministry of uh, a, a gambit of ministries of outreaches and inreaches too. Because once we take people in, we discover that there's a lot of internal issues that, that, that need to be dealt with as well. So we've grown to you know thousands of members. We we've been blessed to acquire a large retail center. So we bought we bought two plazas here in Columbia. One is. 88,000 square feet, eight acres. Another one is, is uh, 140,000 square feet, nine buildings. 
21 acres and we're actually building a 10th building. We're building a 41,000 square foot plex, uh, sports plex, which has indoor football, three basketball courts and all kind of stuff, but we're doing it in urban communities. So, you know, my thing is we have a metropolitan focus with a cosmopolitan flair, uh, a metropolitan resources with a cosmopolitan flair and an urban focus. A lot of times when you see churches that have an urban focus, they don't have metropolitan resources. We do, mm-hmm. we've been blessed. But then we have a cosmopolitan flair. My, my feel is the church could be in the ghetto, but the ghetto should be in the church. So right. I want to bring people out of those atmospheres and bring them into an atmosphere. For example, we have a 16,000 square foot um, uh, banquet hall uh, with $65,000 crystal chandelier. So you take Boquisha and Bunky out of the hood, they want to get married, they can get married in this this facility that they probably wouldn't have been able to afford, but because they're a part of this community, they're able to level up, as the kids say, and be a part of an ambiance and atmosphere um, that they normally wouldn't have. So my thing is, is how do we bring people into exposure and experiences that their ordinary surroundings won't bring them? And I think that the Christian community, faith community is a place to do it. So the church does that. Uh, at our B campus, we have the largest Hispanic, non-English speaking Hispanic church in the city. Um, we actually incubated Hispanic church, which is unique in the African-American community in the South. A lot of times they pit the Hispanic community and the black community, we're at odds, we're against each other. Mm-hmm. But we foster this Hispanic church because same conditions that exist in their communities exist in ours, and we're all one big family. So we now foster the largest Hispanic church. And then we have global outreach. We do all this mission work. Uh, I have almost as many employees in Ghana and Sierra Leone as we have here in the States. You know, we have schools over there. We own 100 acres of land over there and multiple churches. So we've been blessed to do a lot in a short span of time. I see you. I see you. Okay. Yeah, you're doing some amazing things. We're going to take another pause for the calls. Make sure you guys are following me on all social media at Transparency Talks Podcast. This is Mo Dre and Lucy Graves with I'm Enough. She's not the picture she takes Far from the glitz and the fame There's a child filled with pain But under it all we're the same Yes, under it all we're the same He's not the big shot he plays Won't show the world his mistakes Behind all the hype he's really in pain Inside he's going insane Inside he's going insane Oh, never forget who you are Oh, more than enough, yeah you are She's got a love that can change The world heart goes, she's a queen So much to lose, yet so much to gain Fights just to smile through the pain 
She fights just to smile through the pain Subscribe today at YourBestLifestyles.com, a prescription for better health through an active lifestyle. This podcast highlights lifestyle-related diseases and chronic conditions that can stop or slow activities of daily living. Everything from human movement and performance, nutrient, joint pain, back pain, pre- and post-rehabilitation strategies, posture, flexibility, and more. Whether you're a competitive athlete or not, handicapped or disabled, we will highlight the benefits of great health and wellness with some of the top medical doctors, physical therapists, chiropractors, athletic trainers, dietitians, nutritionists, and other expert clinical professionals in their field to promote and advocate that everyone have a better quality of life. Subscribe today at YourBestLifestyles.com. Once again, that's YourBestLifestyles.com. So another thing that I noticed on your bio, your bio mentions your STEM as a social injustice initiative. Can you tell the audience a little bit about that? Yeah, like your son, you know, I'm a, I'm a degreed electrical engineer. I'm a former corporate engineer. I left my career in the 90s to come do all the work that I'm doing now. Man, the level of exposure that I, I you know, I had an unlimited corporate credit card. Um, when they moved us from city to city, if you own a home, the company would literally buy your home. They would fly you to the next city. You pick out your next resident. I mean, it's just there were so many perks and privileges um, being in corporate America at that level. But I didn't see many people who looked like me. Mm-hmm. So when I went to Westinghouse in 1995, they moved me from here to the southeastern headquarters in Orlando, Florida. I was um, the first black engineer to hire male in probably three years. Whenever I moved to other cities, I'd be the only one. And I'd drive in with all this, you know, exposure and privilege, but then I would see people who looked like me working on the highways or in the communities who had no exposure to that. So I realized that the only way that was gonna happen is that we had to begin to expose kids to STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math at lower grade levels. Mm -hmm. So that's what we begin to write the children's STEM books and making it exciting because so many African-Americans are fearful of math and science. But our ancestors built the pyramids. You know, we um, penicillin was was discovered and, and created on the shores of Africa. So we've been scientists and mathematicians for many, many years prior to coming here in this country. So how is it then that we're so afraid of it or incapable incapable of doing it now? I think we are. It's just a matter of exposure. So where STEM is a social justice issue, schools that need those resources because there's a lot of money that has to be put into STEM initiatives. 
the impoverished urban schools don't normally have those programs. So what we try to do is to bring those resources into urban communities. So I've developed a lot of initiatives. I have these state-of-the-art buses that we've converted to mobile command centers, where we literally take these high-tech STEM vehicles into school districts and school systems in the urban communities and teach the children STEM at a whole nother level. Um, I take a team of about five to 10 that we go in, you know, it takes a lot to set these, these because not only do we set up the buses, we have these large tents, these inflatable military tents that we take and we have just full technology. And you'll be amazed to see how the children just gravitate to it. Everything from computer-aided design to robotics to, you know, you name it, you know, we, we, we do it. And it's been really, really rewarding to see these young people inspired, you know, by this, this, this initiative. Wow. One of the things that I just want to say, I'm so impressed with how you are letting God use you and you're using every gift that you have to give back. And I'm just in awe just listening to you right now. <laughs> wow. That's, thank you. That's, that's, uh, I'm humble. I, um, I think we all can do it. We just, we just have to, you know, I like to call it, we have to mind ourselves. So there were, there were, there were gifts in me that I didn't know existed. I mean, like, I didn't know I could write children's books. I really didn't. But when I made that request and I called that mind myself, I said, God, because I didn't, now this is, this is very important. When I prayed that prayer, I said, very specifically, I said, God, give me something that I can do. I said, I appreciate what our church is doing, but I want to do this. Give me something that I can do. But he didn't have to give it to me. What he had to do is, is take me inward and mine what was already in me and bring it out. But it was the request for someone else that caused it, you know, caused me to go inward. And I think that when we start looking outward and we start looking at the issues around us, I think that there are some things in us that can begin to solve the issues that are around us. But you have to look at the world from an unselfish perspective. And I think that when we do that, that's when God really begins to bless us. And I can say this to you, but because I'm being real, three years ago, I mean, Many of the things that I'm doing now didn't exist. Mm -hmm. But as a result of that prayer, and you, you said the word, that impetus, all of these things start happening. But the excitement for me is when I'm able to get back. The foundations that we started, all the children that we're helping. And, you know, we sent food or we paid for food in the middle of the um, pandemic over in Jamaica because we were blessed to get an international contract with the, with the um, Ministry of Education in Jamaica, I flew over there, met with them, and they adopted the book series. So I committed to give X amount to that country. So in the middle of the pandemic, you know, they got hit because of the tourism being shut down. So that island is, you know, taking a hit, taking a hit. So we were blessed to be able to send resources over to them. So it's like the more we do, the more God opens up for us. Mm -hmm. you know? I can definitely relate and understand exactly what you mean by that. Taking another pause for the cause. This is your girl, Butterbee Rocker, with Transparency Talks Podcast, baby. Listen, it's time for you to get out your roller skates and party with your girl. Party with your home girl, you know what I mean? This is my single entitled Straight in My Heart. Don't wanna break free of your spell Now I can't 
any other movie projects in the works? Absolutely. We have 16 scripts um, ready to roll. Um, we're actually meeting with some LA folk this week to discuss uh, a lot of initiatives. So so there are different divisions of, of legacy films and Global Star Media TV. So I'm partnering with uh, my director, Tony Type, Global Star Media. We're trying to kind of flip the script on faith films. That's faith and family films. So. The idea now is to bring back the idea of faith and family films from an African-American perspective, because a lot of times we're not very well represented in that genre, but we don't want the status quo, typical. We're trying to go a little more creative with it and to bring another flavor to it, if you will. So we have about 16 scripts. Some of them are animated uh, films as well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm believing God that we're gonna create Black Disney. Uh, I think that we have uh, the stuff to do it. I think we have the content uh, and we're starting to have some discussions about that. Uh, as you may well know, um, the animated film industry is very, very lucrative. Um, you know, you may do a film, you do well if you gross a hundred million on, on a, a feature film. The average animated film will do about 400 million. Wow. You know, if you look at films like Ice Age and all that stuff that they just recently did, those films were teetering on a million, uh, on, 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 I'm sorry, a billion dollars. So um, you're talking about a lot of resources that um, go into those, 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 those genres of films. So if we're able to tap that, we can build some significant studios in the African-American community around the, the animated uh, uh, genre of film. So we're excited about the opportunity. I love that. What's next international project? Well, the the movie that we're actually doing now was slated to to go to South Africa, start in South Africa, a native exposure, um, and expand from there. But because of COVID, as you know, they had uh, during the time they they had relaxed everything, but then there was another strand that hit them, so it kind of threw everything off. So negative exposure has how can I put it? It is 
in a festival now, and I think it has a good chance of, of winning in an international film festival. So the idea is to promote it internationally before we start the second and third movies. Now, we have an opportunity because one of our actors uh, actually came to us who was originally from Africa, but he actually lives in Austria. Uh, you'll see him if you see the movie, David Wawara. So there's a partnership we're doing with him because there is a major initiative going on in South Africa now uh, around, I, I, well, I can't share how big it is, but uh, what it is, but there's a major initiative in South Africa that we potentially would be a part of. So I can't share yet what it is. I'm kind of held just to silence until they want to release it, but it's huge, it's really big. Taking another pause for the cause, this is CC Sunchild with With You. again about the save event when is it how can people register how much it costs to register all the goodies that's the wonderful thing about it it's free doesn't cost anything go to saveforchange.org and you can register at saveforchange.org um, all the information is there as is on the screen under my name um, it's coming up on February 5th and 6th two day event um, and if you just go to saveforchange.org everything you would need you know, is there, we need you to register, put your information, the actual platform that we're going to, uh, because there are two different platforms that we're toggling between. And I think we just landed which one we're going to actually use. 
which will likely be the Vimeo platform that we're going with. But we just wanted to make sure that it will do everything. So it'll roll out this week in terms of um, the actual direct platform. That, but everything will, will derive from SaberChange.org. Um, so if you go there, we'd love to. Um, one of those letters threw me. I thought it was a, that was an E, but it's not. It's a C. Um, so go there and tell all your friends and, and register. And, and again, it's not limited to young people, even though it's directed toward young people. It's not limited to them. Um, anybody that wants to be a participant, come on, let's do it. Okay. Well, I want to take this time to thank you for being a part of Transparency Talks podcast. I have a feeling we're going to be doing a lot of work together. I so I'm going to put that in the atmosphere. And I want to sign off to all of the people over on Facebook land. So to everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in to Transparency Talks podcast. Again, thank you, Mr. Eric Davis, for being a part of it. Thank Truly you. Appreciate